G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post Preview Podcast for the weekend of Saturday, July 30. I am John Barker. Joining me as usual, my Winning Post colleague, Jackpot Joel Marshall. Uh, before we get down to talking about the racing, Joel, I should remind everybody that last weekend of the racing season means only one thing, and that is the Winning Post calendar. So if you're listening to us on Thursday evening, set your alarm for bright and early Friday. And if you're listening to us on Friday, what are you doing? Get down to the uh, get down to the news agent and grab one. That is the only way to get one. Uh, it is inside your winning post. Um, so be sure to grab that. Now, Joel, we finish the season as we do most years with the Lightning Stakes at Morfordville, and uh, it's as you have said, it's uh, one of the more intriguing races because it pits the two-year-olds against the three-year-olds. But this year. The two-year-olds haven't even bothered to turn up. I uh, wrote in the paper this week that uh, they've only won two of the last 14, even though they do get a five-kilo weight swing. But that's possibly because they don't attack it too much. But uh, we've never seen one before where the two-year-olds haven't even bothered, have we? Yeah, good day, Bucks. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think there's usually at least one or two in there. And there were, what was there, was there four or five noms? Yeah, there was four or five noms, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and... Um... I know one of them uh, was uh, the Leon and Troy Corson's trained fast star who collected to go around and race one. Um, so, yeah, look, it's a bit a bit disappointing because it is, uh, you know, just adds that little bit of intrigue to the, and just makes the race different to, um, you know, to a lot of others on the calendar. But um, in saying that, we've got some pretty talented three-year-olds here. I think it's a, it's a good light, and we've had some good ones in the past. Um, some good horses have won it, and... In particular, some good three-year-old fillies have uh, sort of used this race as a bit of a springboard to go on and perform really well at the top level. And I think that uh, hopefully could be the case this year. But, yeah, there's some nice types coming around. There was a decent <laughs> three-year-old male who won it a few years ago too in uh, Nature Strip. Um, now, let's just... Well, we may as well start with that, it being the only uh, black type uh, race for the weekend apart from the delayed winter stakes, which uh, the listeners would probably remember you're covering last week. I don't believe you've uh, changed your mind, but we'll get to Sydney uh, shortly. We will start in Adelaide, race eight. Lightning stakes, 10, 50 metres, set weights for two-year-olds and three-year-olds. As we mentioned, there are no two-year-olds. There's uh, five males carrying 59 and seven females carrying, seven fillies carrying 57. And uh, you uh, have done a bit of a story and spoken to one of the trainers uh, who has one of the top prospects who might also be your top selection, Joel. Indeed, Barks, it is. I've spoken to John Maloney. I spoke to him earlier this week for a story for the winning post. And he gave me a pretty decent push for his Philly Scorched Earth, um, who I've always liked. I remember tipping her on debut in the clockwise plastic at Ballarat, and she turned in a real eye-catching run for fourth from the back of the field. Uh, it's one of only three times that she's missed a place. She finished fourth in the 1,000 guineas prelude when she stepped out to 1,400. Last preparation, she did a really good job. She's been placed really well by, by Don and Connections because she's she earned early black type. Uh, she got a rich win in the Adelaide Magic Millions, bolted in there. And then last prep, they just uh, used the benchmark system to, uh, you know, to their advantage. They got a 78 and 84 win in town, both netting 70,000 each time. And then... Added more black tight with a second at Group 3 and a third at Group 3 level. So she's very genuine. Um, from all reports, she's strengthened and sort of taken that next step to perhaps, you know, just take a, 
another step and perhaps be a, a group winner and, and maybe even a, a crack at a group one later on in the season. Look, she meets some talented types here, but I liked her recent jump out at Cranbourne and the Jess Eaton arrived. She was aboard in the Magic Million in Adelaide. The pair won by nearly five and a half length, I think, uh, earlier in the career. So I'm with Scorched Earth to beat number five, Extremely Lucky. Uh, this is a talented son of extreme choice from the Will Clark in Yard. He was runner-up, first up last prep and probably should have won, and then went to the Group 2 and ran really well off a slow pace and then was a completely dominant winner with Jamie Carr aboard at his third run. I'd say he'd be pretty wound up for this and be hard to beat. just going to need a bit of luck from that wide gate. Seven, I am Bene, another one of the fillies. Did a really good job last prep. She went from a 64 win straight into the Group 3 proud miss and flew home for third. Second, sorry, but she should have plenty of room for improvement. She's only had the pretty start. So, um, yeah, she, you would think she would have taken plenty of benefit from her latest break. And in for fourth, number two, unflinching. Going to press forward. He won his first three. And then they tested him at group three level at Caulfield. And there were issues there. Um, pulled up with mucus. So you can forgive that. And as I said, he'd won his first three. So he's got to be in the mix. You know, Kalos has got good form. And even a couple of the other fillies, Ojasan, Royal Dress, Mietta, they're all in winning form. So it's no me for sport today. I think it should be hard to beat. I've gone six from five, seven and two. And race eight, number six, Scorched Earth is your best at Morfordville. Talk us through your value bet, uh, which comes up earlier on the program. Yeah, I've made it race two, number five, Born to Run. An ex-Kiwi who, to be fair, didn't show a lot over there, but raced very greenly on a couple of occasions and certainly indicated she had more talent than she was producing. Um, purchased by John Hyam, Morfordville trainer. She went to Bordertown for her first up run uh, just back on July 22. And again, threw her head in the air a couple of times and just missed at double figure odds. It was a good run. She'd been showing good speed in her jump outs. Um, I sort of thought she'd be pretty hard to beat at Bordertown, but as I said, just missed. You know, border town to Morfordville, normally you'd probably shy away from that, but this isn't a strong maiden. Um, number six from the Will Clark in Yard was placed on debut at Murray Bridge. A few of the others have just sort of been coming through basically country maidens anyway, so I don't think it's too big a leap to come from border town into this race, and she should have some room for improvement. We'll go again each way and race to number five. Rosehill Gardens, the venue for Sydney racing on Saturday. It's a bit wet once again, hopefully not as wet as last week, which saw the last nine races called off, including the feature Winter Challenge. It goes across to Rosehill this Saturday, and it is race eight, ATC Foundation Winter Challenge, 1,500-metre listed quality. You were with Gold Trip last week, and I assume you are sticking. Yeah, I have stuck with Gold Trip. Um, look, there's not... Not too much of a different lineup, although we do have Crosstalk joining the field, and he's right up there. He's equal favourite with Jojo was a man, brings similar form line. So he certainly adds another dimension to the race. But apart from him, it's pretty much the uh, same sort of field as last week. So, yeah, I'll stick with Gold Trip. He's been trialling really well. We know he's got oodles of quality. Group one performed multiple times in France, fourth in an arc. You know, he's going to get better over further. Obviously, there's bigger targets in sight, but I think... 1500 first up the way he's been trialing 
just it wouldn't surprise me to see him go very close. Uh, six Oscar Zulu, I've been with and haven't quite collected. He's been racing well, hasn't had a lot of luck. Through white last week again, another white barrier, so he didn't have much luck there. But he's well weighted. He's certainly owned well enough to win. Thirteen Snippy Fox. This man's come back in good order. Fourth in the list of Boone Stakes, first up, and then chased home by half falls last time. I think that'll be a strong form line. And Jojo was a man, has to be in the mix. He's racing really well. Won a couple of uh, 78 before tipping up to this level and beating all but Tapsu. Um, as I said, with Cross Talk into the race, who was second behind Jojo, was a man two runs back prior to his easy win last time. Uh, with him in the race, you know, he'd be a must for, uh, for your exotic and quaddies and, and that sort of thing. But uh, I'll stick with number one from six, 13, and nine. Well, speaking of quaddies, uh, that was the second league. The first league sees your best on the program, and uh, it's number one, the Chris Waller-trained Wicklow. Yeah, and in my suggested quaddie in the winning post this week, I've only taken two horses in this leg. I've gone with number one, Wicklow, as my best, as you said. I think he's a pretty progressive horse. He showed that in his first Australian campaign, putting a few wins together. First up run, he needed it. Second up, beat the bias. It was a terrific win from the back of the field. He then went to Grafton and had a button against him again there where they you know, were sticking near the inside and those on speed were aided. He tried to come wide and run on and he just couldn't do it. He did a pretty good job to run fourth. Uh, he maps better here from gate two. He can handle the wet. Hugh Bowman should give him every chance. Look, 60 kilos I guess is a little query, but um, I think he's going to progress much further than 78 grade. So I'm keen on him. I'll throw number, 12, uh, number 14 into my body just as a bit of interest. He's a, a three-year-old who also went to Grafton and picked up the Grafton Guineas. He was only coming out of a class one. So he's sort of thrown a bit more into the deep end here, but with 51 and a half after the claim, just, you know, a big gap between that and 60 kilos that Wicklow's got on these heavy be a big advantage. So I think he's probably the danger, but I still think it'll be very hard to beat. And your value bit comes up earlier on the program. It's another Waller-trained top weight. Indeed it is. Yeah, race four, number one, lovely esteemer. It's another UK import. She resumed over 1,300 metres, got back the 20 to 1 chance and was never in it, but her last 100 metres was good. And some a nice last 200 split and then went to 1,500 second up and just progressed nicely. Finished third behind Elcione. Elcione had Mr. Brightside Group 1 form, so I think that's the right form. Now she's in a mare's race, and she gets to 1,800. Um, it was interesting. Jockeys, when jockeys came through originally, Reese Jones was aboard, claiming one and a half, and he's actually hopped on Tinny Winnie, and they've put James McDonald on lovely esteem. So, look, I think uh, you know, it's probably a good sign. Third up, ready to win, I assume, and seven around 7 or $8. I think she's a good play each way. The Valley is uh, unusually is the venue for Melbourne Saturday racing. We've got a uh, soft five as of Thursday. A little bit of rain scheduled for Thursday night. Not much else, so uh, you're looking at a soft five, soft six. I would say, what did you find for us at the Val, Joel? Yeah, a bit of a tricky program. Um, some nice-looking two-year-olds going around early in the card, but I've sort of look towards the back end of the program. Uh, race 8 is the Travis Anderson Cup. Benchmark 100, basically an open handicap over the mile. And the market seems to be heading towards down the bottom of the weights. Um, with 
Chief Alvinet, quite short and certainly going to be hard to beat. Um, Lakeen, Zoltan, thought of that. I think they're all sort of the main players. Uh, but I've, I've gone with thought of that, and I've made him my best of the day. gets on well with him. Of course, she was uh, a board early in his career before um, famously being dumped before the Victoria Derby. He went a long time without winning, and then uh, he was able to put three together last time in. He had one run back in May over the mile. He settled back from a wide gate and he ran okay beating less than three lengths with the blinkers going on for saturday i'd suggest there's a bit of intent here to press forward especially with linda major board who's been riding zoltan right through the prep and i thought uh, she would have been aboard him but you know, i'm guessing with the blinkers back on thought of that he, he's had a jumps trial he's had a jump out of Parham Beach, so you know, even though we haven't seen him since may he's he's been busy and I think if they, uh, he'll be rolling forward here, and I think he'll be giving you a, a really good sight. I've made my value bet in the last race, nine, number 12, Usay. Numerical form this time in doesn't you know, give you a lot of confidence, but I thought first up at Flemington, he was pretty good. He drew the inside. It was the wrong place to be. He made a bit of a run at them and then just peaked on his run late. Came back in distance second up and struck a heavy 10 and pulled up lane. So there are plenty of excuses at Mornington. And the next time out of Sandown... He was four and five wide. It just really wasn't the place to be. That was sort of coming through the inside there, and he knocked up late. I just think there's been some excuses. He draws barrier one here. He hit a soft run. Thomas Stockdale sticks with him, and Jay Eden is coming all right at the moment at the table. So, and for a horse that has been competitive in benchmark 90 and 78 grade not all that long ago, um, he is quite well placed here. Find it. And a bit of a roughie earlier in the day. Race five, number five, Keats from the Moroni Yard. This import's just been taken along slowly. He's in his third Australian prep. He was 1,600 to 2,000 to Caulfield. Had to get on his bike early and then wanted to hang in a little bit. But I thought his last 100 metres was good. He stuck on well. Extra distance should suit. They put a one-eyed blinker on him. That hopefully straightened him out. And I thought he was worth a bit of a look at odds too. All right, my best, uh, race four, number two, Storm King for Ben Brisbane and Patrick Maloney. Racing very well at the moment. Uh, just went down to Duke of Hastings three weeks ago on that form. Held up pretty well last week, perfectly drawn. Uh, soft five, six, perfect for him, and uh, I thought was the better bet of the day. Unfortunately, my value bet is up against your best, up against the thought of that, and that's too close to the Sun, who ran last on resuming at Flemington last month, uh, but is perfectly suited here by the step up to 1,600 metres and has that excellent second up record. Seven starts for four wins, so uh, too close to the sun. Race eight, number one, my value bet. Uh, in Queensland, Joel, the Metro action is at Eagle Farm, and uh, we are looking at a good four at this stage, and big fields throughout the day. So well, I suppose we'll be tossing out a fair bit of the recent form. What did you find for us at the farm? Yeah, well, hopefully you're to get some cash early um, later in the day, some big fields, as you said. There's some nice tights going around late in the day. But uh, we'll hopefully try and get uh, our money early. Value bet in the first, race one number four, June 45. The two runs from 12, 1400 and a mile. Uh, races, well, the first up run, you know, just wasn't really suited. They didn't go any sort of a tempo, and he got back, and I thought he hit the line pretty well. Next time out, stayed a bit closer, and just battled away 
he just looked in need of the run. He sort of came to the end of his run at the 200. He was only beaten three lengths. He really wasn't well placed there in that class six set weights. Um, you know, he had to give a horse like the, like the winner, Batiga, three kilos. Batiga's, you know, a group horse. So the, the weights were completely against him. Third up, out to 1,800. I think he'll be ready to show his best. And his best is definitely good enough to win a race like this. And my best bet is race three, number four, billionaire baby. Promising type this. A real eye catcher at his first two starts when finding one better. Stepped up to 1,200 in a maiden at Doombin last time out. He was heavily backed into odds on. He was just sweating for a run. It looked a bit messy at the top of the straight. But once he saw a little bit of clear air, he really burst through one by two lengths. Um, the presence of the Ma Eustace runner recommendation, who's two from two in New South Wales with a couple of wins at Gosford and Musselbrook. He's favourite, so the presence of him gets us a little bit better price for Billionaire Baby. I think he should be favourite. I think it'll be pretty hard to beat. All righty, Belmont is the venue for Perth racing this Saturday. Uh, it's a heavy eight as we speak. Perth, of course, was washed out last week, and as a result, we have 10 races this Saturday. There's uh, no black type. Greg Hooper's best race five, number 10, Flower in the Wind. This is the filly that um, was very unlucky in the Belmont Oaks and then uh, just found that one better in Black Fantasy in the Belmont Classic. Uh, she... Takes on the older horses here and does look very well suited. And his best, uh, Hoops' best, comes up in the last. And uh, that is race 10, number three, Heart of Kerr. Earlier in the day, Joel, across the Tasman, just the one venue this week, Tarapa, but uh, 11 big races. Yeah, that was supposed to be racing at Otaki as well, but it was uh, called off very early in the week, Monday, I think, they... <clears throat> it inspected the track and there's no chance of racing, so they decided to uh, shift their listed race, they had the listed rider stakes for the two-year-olds, uh, over to Tarapa, so just one meeting. Um, Manhattan Jazz, I'm within the rider stakes, race six, number one, won well last start, still learning, but uh, I think he can progress to better races. Uh, my best for the meeting comes up in race eight, number two. Two Madison was my value bet at Ruakaka a couple of weeks ago and finished second behind River Run. She gets a nice bait around on on Saturday. River Run will be a danger again, but two Madison made good ground there at Ruakaka on a day that was hard to. She's got very good form at Tarapa. Just think she's ready to win now. Perhaps a saver on number 12, Muse, who was my value bet last week. The abandoned meeting. Going well, gets in light, needs to, because steps up to an open handicap. Last week looked much better suited. I think the benchmark's more, so um, certainly out of third class here, but it could bob up at a bit of a price. Uh, my value bet is race three, number six, Super Red. Uh, Drew Barrier one first up, had the four kilo claimer on. There was no urgency early, just drifted back to last, and the race just passed her by. But she made good ground near the inside without really being fully tested. Senior rider takes over second up, Samantha Spratt. She's a talented filly, and I think she'll uh, appreciate the step up to 1,400 and be able to turn her form around. Alrighty, that wraps up the preview section of the podcast. Brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, Lazy Lobsters. Lazy Lobsters. Lazy Lobsters. Lazy Lobsters. Lazy Lobsters. Lazy Lobsters. 
Uh, well, Joel, no go for you last week. Did not get a start with Conscript. I stupidly stuck with uh, Peshera. You know, when they scratch one week, uh, you know, you, you, it's just just don't assume that uh, everything's going to be all good the following week. So I'm going to go back to my tried and true method of uh, one that I like. Probably be reasonably short early in the program. I'm reassured to find that you have tipped it as well, Joel. And that's race three, number four. Written swoosh, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, just on Peshera, I was guilty of taking an early price on Saturday morning and just, uh, you know, watched it drift out the market and just about beat the ambulance home. So, yeah, there was something obviously not all well with Peshera. Uh, my $20 bet this week, I'm going to go to Brisbane. I think Billionaire Baby can win again. So, uh, race three, number four. All righty. Now, uh, I keep promising the listeners that uh, Dan's going to be back next week. Uh but he just remains on holiday. Is he back next week, do you know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's back next week, Barks. It's been extended by a couple of weeks, but uh, he's had three weeks now. I think he'll be back nice and refreshed for next week. Excellent. Uh, and also, we do apologise for the uh, reduced sound quality. We are having a little bit of problems with the software. We will try to uh, troubleshoot that during the week uh, and come back with Dan a normal, uh, longer podcast and hopefully better sound quality. Um, finally, don't forget to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. As I mentioned earlier, be sure to get down to that uh, news agent uh, early on a Friday on Friday morning to uh, grab that calendar, 28 pages, all the racing sports and feature dates for 2022-23. Uh, and... Uh, it's always very popular, completely free inside your winning post. Can't get it any other way. So do make sure you grab that. Have a great weekend. Back plenty of winners, and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.